I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Haley. Hello. Hi. Got my coffee. Mmm. Ready, too. ready to roll. And this is a disclaimer. Um, as we go into this episode, we are actually recording in Haley's house. So we are. So my dog is currently eating a bone. So let's just hope that that stays Hopefully. that way. But we just never know. And if you hear any clanking, it's probably the heat. Yep. And if you hear a lot. It's the dog. Yep. Um, I live in a basement apartment, and it's a little, you know, we got the wood paneling happening. We've got the the heat vents on the floor. It's and really cool retro. I like it. It's, uh, yeah, the big furnace. Sometimes it goes off. It sounds like a gunshot. And I, I think that just adds to our I, podcast, it does. to be honest with you. I really do. And then the banging of the heat vents. So it's a, it's a good time. We have a lot of fun down here. Well, and before we get started, um, you told me that we were famous. Did I? You did. You said that um, you had seen someone uh, who said that they love the podcast. Yeah. And they came up to you. Yeah, it's super weird. It's, yeah, we're starting to get folks that, you know, and it's not people I know, but still it's like just randomly walking through the grocery store out and about and people come up to you and be like, oh my God, I love the podcast. Yeah. So that's been really interesting to... I'm like, oh, I didn't know you well, listened to this. I, I got a compliment from a colleague, uh, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, and she said to me, she said, yeah, I'm like listening. And it's like, I know her, you know. <laughs> so that made me feel really cool. So, so just so you know, we're famous. <laughs> Actually, no, we're not. But It's okay. okay. It's, it's all right. right. We have a good time. That's, we do. That's what we're here we for. Do. <laughs> you want to hear a story? Oh, I don't, it's like 11 a.m., but yeah. Okay, well, you got your coffee. I do have my coffee. I'm ready Please. to go. I've been up since six. Oh my god, I got up at like nine. No, and I know. Yeah. 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 Kids will do that to you. Yeah. No, I was <laughs> like, nope, we're laying in this bed till nine o'clock. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> um, all right. So we are drifting on back to January of 2000. Fun time. So, yeah, right at the new year. Um, and the number one song, I hope. I, so curious if you know this was <laughs> smooth by rob thomas and santana and it's just like the ocean under the moon it's the moon. nope really no oh my god not get at all kind of love and that can be so smooth no nope. oh my gosh not at okay all. so that was actually the number one song from like october of that year into the early part of january for many, many weeks. I was also... How old was I in 2000? Oh, I was three. Oh. I was three. I was in high school. So just... <laughs> I was oh, man. Going okay. to preschool. <laughs> Three-year preschool. Oh, God. Woo. I'm just going to segue from that because I feel like I should bring my <laughs> walker out. Um, okay. Um, also going on, because it was early January, was Y2K. 
Have you oh, heard yeah. about that? Yeah, so, know you know, that. at the end of 1999, all of us were terrified that uh, the not the, necessarily the world was going to end, but the computers would just stop. I mean, what was was the learned logic, like reasonable logic? It, well, that, seemingly at the time, the idea was we kind of went on the Gregorian calendar and that, you know, computers didn't know how to switch over into the new millennium. So the thought was, since we were all up on computer, you know, everything was, our banking was, um, stocks, the fear was that um, once it switched over, everything would just stop. Like, hmm. yeah, I know to us it sounds stupid now, but back then it was a real fear. Yeah. Um, so you kind of were, you know, five, four, and as the ball mm-hmm. dropped, you sort of hold your held your breath. Yeah. Nothing happened. Hmm. So, wah, wah, wah. but that's a good thing. Yeah. So totally. Y2K didn't end up being a thing, and I'm glad. That's good. Yeah. But you know what did end up being a thing? What was the thing? Well, a little missing person. Uh, we're going to Asheville, North Carolina. Fun. We were yeah. there last week. It's a well, great... not last week. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three weeks ago, actually. Three weeks yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is January 2nd, 2000. So okay. this is just right after the new year. We have outlived Y2K. Nice. <laughs> so we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got an individual uh, by the name of Zeb Quinn. Oh, this case. This is a pretty famous case, yeah, actually, especially is. in this area. So, Zeb Wayne Quinn was an 18-year-old, um, and he was a recent high school graduate. He had graduated that May from T.C. Robertson High School. He was currently attending Asheville Buncombe Technical Community College, a.k.a. AB Tech. Um, nice. I went there. Yeah. I got my associate's degree from there. That is awesome. That's awesome. Um, I did some dual enrollment classes mm-hmm. there for a little bit. Good programs. Uh, it, it, definitely, definitely. Um, so he was born on May the 12th, 1981, um, and he was making really good grades. He's described as being a little somewhat socially awkward I mean, um, by his parents. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> right. Really. Um, and that he was actually very trusting. Oh, so yeah. kind of like that gullible kid. Yeah, little yeah, a little bit. And and mm-hmm. apparently had, from what I've read, um, an unspecified learning disability. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Zeb was also working part-time at Walmart. Okay. He worked in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And so he was working at Walmart on Hendersonville Road, which for those of you who don't have context, is in the South Asheville area. Mm-hmm. So he finished up um, his shift around 9 p.m. and he went out to the parking lot where he met up with his friend, Robert Jason Owens. Okay. So he went by Jason. Jason was his middle name. So he met up with his buddy Jason. And the reason that they were meeting up is because Zeb wanted to buy a new car. The one that he had was a little old. It was Mm -hmm. a Mazda protege. And he was looking at this Mitsubishi Eclipse. I know that you know exactly what those are. Yes. And I have no idea. Like, so I'm back just in the day, a lot of it. people wanted those because they were like, kind of like the little, um, like the hot car, mm-hmm. kind of like the um, Miatas and right. those kind of things. Yeah. So he was looking at that and Jason was like, yeah, I'll go with you to look at it. Now, this is 9 p.m. So it's not like they were going to go to the dealership and buy it. I think they were just going to look at it. Okay. So they were planning on going. So it was at a dealership. It wasn't like some sketchy like, right, guy's right, house. Okay. Right. As far as I know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my dad used to do that. He used to, like, let's go take a ride, kids. And then we would go to some car dealership, and he'd be like, "Mm, I like that suburban. Like, we would just look (laughs) at cars, you know, like, after they were closed. We we weren't creepy. 
Right. Well, I yeah. mean, sometimes you want to do that, though, because you get to the lot and they, like, swarm you. They do. Yeah. So I get it. Because they're working on commissions. So, yeah. yeah. So they were just going to go and explore that evening. So um, they're both in their separate cars. And so they decide, you know, let's go get some sodas. So they stop at the Sitco gas station. Mm -hmm. um, and they're actually seen on video. Okay. And this is the last time that anybody would see Zeb. Oh. So he was on video buying some sodas around 9.15. Okay. Um, and then he goes out and the cameras actually show an exterior shot of Jason and Zeb driving away um, towards Long Shoals Road, which is even more south. Mm -hmm. So they're turning left out of the gas station. So this is where it ends as far as the visual story that tells us. Now we have to go on what Jason Owens tells us. Okay. So he says that they leave the gas station around 9.15 and that they're headed on taking Long Shoals Road and they're headed towards T.C. Robertson High School when Zeb, who's behind Jason, starts flashing his lights. Okay. And so, you know, that sort of gave him the indication like something was wrong, so Jason pulled over. And Zeb says, I got a page. Okay. So I just, I, I want to say, um, being part of my generation, we didn't often have cell phones because they were super expensive, mm -hmm. so they had pagers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends had pagers, um, and you would have to go find the payphone and call whoever back, and, you know, you could send little, like, codes, like, I love you, and, and, and pager code <laughs> and stuff. Now, I wanted one really badly, um, and my mom was like, you're not going to look like a drug dealer. You're not, you know, so. <laughs> like drug dealers have pagers. Well, they did, actually. <laughs> they did, yeah. Well, that's, I mean side story here but i remember when we worked um when we worked together we had the two phone game yes. where we had two phones and i was like okay so the only people who have two phones are either drug dealers or social workers yeah because yeah. we'd walk all of us would walk into meetings and like sit down and the social workers listening to this you know yep. we would all sit down at the table and pull out like our personal phone and our, and work, phone, our work phone and some people would have another phone and it was just like there were so it many phones on the confusing. table and then you know oh you God. all are always like wait a minute you wanted to make sure they had different ringtones because uh -huh. then you're like wait is that personal or is that work how dare they call me on the weekend and then you look and you're like oh whew, just my personal phone. i know you just like the best feeling was turning that off oh it was wonderful <laughs> wonderful um so back to our story um he got a page and he said i've got to go find a payphone um and i'm gonna call this person back and i'll be right back just wait here for me so jason says okay about 10 minutes later zeb comes back and he's frantic hmm. He's just kind of freaked out and it's like, dude, what's going on? And he's like, I, I, I've got to go. I've got to go. I don't have time. And I guess in his attempt to, and this is unclear to me, um, in his attempt to leave, he ended up like rear ending Jason's car. Oh, no. Which affected the right headlight of Zepp's car. Okay. Yeah. So I guess he was like, man, man, I'm sorry, you know, but he was obviously on edge. And he said, but I just, I just got to call, you know, I got this call. I got to handle it. And so Jason was like, mm, okay, dude, well, you know, we'll look at a car another time. Yeah. That's you know, fine. So off he goes. So this is the last time that Jason states that he has seen Zeb, that Zeb goes off. Mm -hmm. All right. So cut to a few hours later. We're in the wee morning hours of the 3rd of January. Okay. 
Um, Jason shows up to the local ER. So Jason left them and something happened and now he's at the ER. Something, yeah, happened in between this time. Okay. He goes into the ER and he's got some broken ribs. Um, yeah, Jeez, is like, like a bar fight or something? Yeah, like a head injury. Like, it's kind of oh weird, God. his injuries, right? And so he goes in, in a bar fight. So he goes in and he says, I was in a car accident. And so they ask him details. Okay. All right. They ask him details about this. And apparently this is not the accident with Zeb that he's talking about. Because that was just like a fender bender. Right. Like you don't get broken You wouldn't have injuries. Unless he wanted to sue him. And he's like, oh, my back. Right. You know, right. Insurance money. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. But no, he states that this was another accident that occurred um, on the corner of Long Shoals where apparently there was a Waffle House. Okay. And he's stating that, um, you know, he got into an accident there. But here's the catch. There was no police reports about an accident. And if it was that severe, you would have heard about it, right? You want to turn that into insurance. Yeah. No insurance claims were ever filed. Um, and no police reports were made of any accident happening huh. um, right there. Yeah. I mean, if you have that many injuries, like, surely you've got, like... EMS is probably being called. Oh, for sure. Police are there. Fire may even be yeah. there. Somebody's like, taking note of this because geez. you want to claim this on your insurance, yeah. you know? Um, but nonetheless, it was never reported. But okay. he does have these injuries, which is interesting because the doctors note that these injuries would not be something that you would see in a car accident. Okay. More like okay. a bar fight. More like a fight. Gotcha. More like some kind of physical altercation. Okay. So there's a lot of confusion around it. All right. So they stitch him up, you know, whatever, get him back home, and, and we go on from there. Well, that night, Zeb's mom, Denise, gets worried. He was living with his mom, mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't come home. And she's like, that is really strange. She had tried to page him, and mm -hmm. he wouldn't call her back, which was unlike him because, yeah. you know, back then you would send, like, a 911 on the page, and right. someone would know, oh, my gosh, I need a call back. It's yeah. really important. Um, and she was sending these 911, you know, messages, and he wouldn't call her back, and she was getting really worried. So she ends up making a police report saying, you know, I can't find my son. Um, and then two days later, so January 4th, so two days after we've seen Zeb, somebody calls Walmart um, and says, you know, hey, it's me, Zeb. I just wanted to let you know that I won't be coming to work today. Um, I don't feel well. Now, the person taking the call knew Zeb very, very well mm -hmm. and said, that was not Zeb. I know Ooh, his voice. I don't like that. Yeah. So she was telling cops about this, and investigators ended up tracing that call to the Volvo plant, which happened to be where Jason Owen worked. Okay. So cops decided, okay, we need to confront Mr. Owens here. Yeah, he's um, looking a little fishy. Right? So they confront him and say, what's the deal with this call? Why are you impersonating Zeb? And he admits to it and says, yes, you know, I called in sick um, and pretended to be Zeb because Zeb asked me to. Well, um, okay. Yeah. Weird. Right? I mean, but where is he? Right, like, why hasn't he been home? Yeah. If he's sick. Right, he's sick. He's never come home. I mean, now... Just thinking about a teenage boy, or a teenager in general. Yeah. It could have been, you know, maybe he had gotten into some trouble. 
Yeah. You know, maybe they had done something that night that was bad, and he was like, I just, you know, I can't go home yet, man. Like, just something's going on. He was like, listen, just call into work. Now, that could be a possibility, because teens are teens, and they do stupid things. How old was Seb at this point? He's 18. He's 18. Okay. So he's young. He's doing stupid things. Doing really stupid things. Right. You know, like. Totally. It could have been they were out, you know. We don't know what that page was. Maybe he'd gone and done something really bad, and, Mm -hmm. you know, um. I don't know. And he doesn't want to admit it to mom. He's got to wait, you know, for some time. I don't know. So, I mean, that is definitely a possibility. But what's interesting is that Jason, at that point, stopped talking to the police. Hmm. It was over. And he would not speak to them again. Don't love that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. So, police started really digging in and doing a lot of detective work. And they traced the page that Zeb got that night, and they traced it back to his Aunt Ina's house. So his aunt was paging him? Well, seemingly. Um, So they traced it back. Now, I'll tell you, him and his Aunt Ina were not close. This was his paternal aunt, his dad's sister. Um, They weren't very close. They really didn't speak a whole lot, and yet she was paging him? That's weird. Yeah. I mean, that's like, okay, was there an emergency? You know, what? And, and he, you know, Jason said that he was frazzled after he got the page. He seemed nervous and had to leave. So, you know, does it, did his aunt call and say something bad happened? Hmm. So, I mean, at this point, it's really a lot of loose pieces that we're trying to put together. Yeah. You know, hypothesizing. Could it have been that the aunt called and said, you know, something bad happened? And, you know, um, he's trying to help the aunt. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be, you never know. I mean, blood's thicker than water. Maybe she was in a jam. And so police, um, call up Ina. They, they go and meet with her and Ina says, I never paged him. Ina says, I wasn't even home. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. She says, I was at dinner with my friend at her house. I didn't page him. Huh. But the page came from her house. Somebody paged him. So, okay, this is me not knowing how pagers work. Um, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, so do they, like, I mean, I know you can trace a cell phone from, like, where it came from. Mm-hmm. Can you trace where the page came from? You can. Okay. Yeah. So, like, even if it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can. All right. You can. So they were able to do so. Um, So when police started investigating a little bit more into where Ina was that night, like who she was with, Ina states that um, she was with her friend, Tamara. Tamara was the mother of a young girl named Misty. Now, this is where I'm going to try and break it down for you folks because it starts to get a little like so many people. Uh All right. So Tamara is Misty's mother. Misty is the love interest of Zeb. Oh. Okay, so Zeb had kind of a secret relationship with this girl named Misty. He -hmm. really liked her. And somehow Zeb's aunt was good friends with Misty's mom. Okay. So that's sort of how that kind of intertwines there, right? All right, well, Misty happened to be at dinner that night, too. And so did Misty's boyfriend, Wesley Smith. Oh. Now, something strange about this is I just told you that Zeb was in, like, a relationship with Misty. Mm -hmm. The relationship was secret, and it was behind Wesley's back. Oh, that's messy. 
gets super messy. That's not great. And as they find out even more, Wesley had a history, allegedly, this is what was alleged, of being abusive towards Misty. This is something that Zeb had told his family that he was, you know, abusing her. They actually had a child together. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Misty, um, she was around 18 years old, and um, they had just had a baby together, and I believe she actually had another child. Um, But anyway, so it was kind of one of those things that I guess they had, Zeb and Misty had liked each other, and they wanted to just keep it on the down low. Okay. Well, Wesley found out about this. Ooh. And Wesley had actually threatened Zeb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, stay away from Misty or else. Right. Um, and Zeb told his family about this. Like, you know, he's got a temper and he threatened me. And, of course, his family was like, well, then, Zeb, you yeah, need to you just, just back off, dude. Leave this situation. Like, exactly. Like, you know, it's not worth it. Just, just back off. You don't want to get hurt here. So, Wesley, Misty... Misty's mom, Tamara, and Aunt Ina are all at this dinner together. Okay. Aunt Ina reports that when she came home from this dinner, it appeared that her house had been broken into. Oh. Nothing had been stolen, but here's the weird thing. Pictures had been moved around. Why? I don't don't know. What an odd burglar. (laughs) I know. I mean, who breaks in and is like, I don't like that picture of the mountains. I'm going to move it over here. That sounds more ghost-like. Yeah. Like, that's something Bill would do in my opinion. I I think that's another episode of just, you know, and he moved pictures around. Yeah. Like, I come in and things are moved in my apartment And maybe the the ghost paged. We don't know. It could have been. I wouldn't put it past Bill. Exactly. To do something (laughs) weird like that. Does Bill ever page you? He does not. He just walks around my kitchen at night. Oh. So that's fun. Well, I mean, the least he could do is make you breakfast. Right. Like, at least he could cook or clean up or something. Exactly. No, he just, so like, rude. moves things. And then so I hear rude. weird things coming from the kitchen at night. Even as in ghost-like form, men are lazy. I know. Sorry, men. Sorry to men I'm everywhere. In um, all right. <laughs> Back to our story. So she had reported the break-in actually to okay. police now and and so there was a police report about it but i mean can you imagine like let me call 911 immediately and you know you get this is 911 what's your emergency someone has been in my house and they moved around my pictures i know <laughs> I mean, it's like you're like you're unsettled because someone has broken in for sure but at the same time it's like but it's just weird it's super weird i mean what do you do with that? And, and even the yeah. police, like, what do they do with that? But And I wasn't clear on if there was any forced entry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, had, like, a window been broken? Like, that that really was not written. Yeah. So I, I don't know about that. Because yeah. I was curious. Like, well, was there forced entry? Like, could you see where mm-hmm. they, like, tried to break down a door or something? You know, but that really wasn't clear. She just came home and her pictures were moved. Pretty much. <sighs> yeah. Odd. So that is very strange. Hmm. All right, so um, two weeks later, on January 16th, now, by this point, we still haven't heard from Zeb. Mm-hmm. Of course, his parents are completely freaked out. Um, suddenly, they see his car. Oh. Yeah. yeah, because up to this point, no Zeb, no car, nothing. But Zeb s- 
suddenly his car appears. You know, I told you he had a Mazda Protégé. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a light blue color, older model for this time period. So probably, you know, early to mid-90s model. Mm-hmm. Um, it turned up in the parking lot of a local restaurant called Little Pig's Barbecue on McDowell Street. Okay. Now, Little Pig's Barbecue is approximately 15 minutes away from where he was last seen by Jason Owen on Long Shoals Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very close. It's across the street from another high school, mm-hmm. Asheville High School. And it's also just down the road from the hospital. Mission I was about hospital. to say, that's right below the below mission. It's right below the hospital. In fact, a lot of the nurses um, would go and yeah. eat there, yeah. and, you know. Um, this is also the hospital where his mom, grandma, and sister worked. Oh. So it almost read like someone wanted mom, grandma it, to find it. Yeah. You know, somewhere where it would be obvious. Now, let me tell you something about what was found in and around the car. Okay. Okay. On the back window of the car, they had lips painted on it in lipstick like a giant i've seen this picture yeah yeah yeah. and some exclamation marks Uh on it this was in like a like a pinkish lipstick right okay so at first they were like what the heck that's weird inside the car get this a live puppy Uh, yeah i remember that now too yeah it was a three-month-old labrador puppy black lab Uh, yep to me that was like Right, and there's what? no explanation no as to explanation. why. No <laughs> explanation. It was just there. It was just there. And, I mean, it was a well-fed dog and everything. Um, so it was just so odd. Zeb did not own this yeah. dog. This was not Zeb's. Okay? But it was his car. And as they started to look through the car even more, they found a jacket that was not Zeb's. And they found some, like, bottles, you know, like... Like water bottles, but you know those, like, not aluminum ones, but, like, plastic ones. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, they didn't belong to him either. And lastly, they found a hotel key card. You know how you go and yeah. stick in your key card? Yeah. But it didn't belong to any local motel or hotel in the area. Weird. So there were so many things in that car, but nothing that gave them really any answers. Yeah. And there were some hairs found that didn't belong to Zeb. This almost reads like like somebody sold the car to somebody. It does, doesn't or it? Or like they stole it or, you know, and just were using it as their own because it doesn't. That's just weird. It's so strange. Um, and if you're wondering what happened to the puppy, the, one of the investigators actually adopted the puppy. Oh, so I the, love that. The puppy got a, a nice home. Oh. Yes, yes. Um, but... The whole idea around the puppy is that they were thinking, um, whomever did this was thinking, like, we want this car to get noticed. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's why the puppy was in the car, because you would notice a puppy jumping up and down. Yeah. You know, somebody would pull into the parking lot and be like, oh my gosh, there's, there's a puppy a dog in the car. In there. And, yeah. you know, us being those mandated reporters, well, we wouldn't have to report <laughs> this to DSS, but <laughs> the um, with the dogs, but we would, you know, call animal control or right. something to that you effect. Yeah. I mean, I think any good, good person would be yeah. like, oh, this is odd. Exactly. And it's cold. I mean, it's January. Yeah, so to make sure the dog, dog is safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Zeb's mom also thought that someone put the car there on purpose so that she would find it. It's, it's kind of what it sounds like. I think so, too. Um, so... Oddly, this car, you know, now it's here and it's shown up, but it hasn't created any leads, any, like, 
new leads. And Zeb is still missing. Hmm. Um, Now, there are witnesses who claim, and this is just what people have claimed, that they saw Misty driving the car between the 2nd of January and the 16th. But again, I mean, that's just what people have said. Mm -hmm. So in 2009, they actually go to Misty and ask her for blood and DNA samples, and nothing really pans out. And I think they do the same with Wesley, and they're all cleared. Yeah. So police really have no, you know, belief that Misty or her boyfriend are involved. Um, However... They have some doubts about the innocence of Jason. I do as well. Yeah. He's always been my favorite for this one. Well, well, Detective Haley. Um, <laughs> I concur. Um, so his background was that by this point in 2009, so we're talking, you know, nine years after the crime. Well, Nine years after the abduction right. or disappearance. disappearance or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, he had served two years in prison on some unrelated charges. Um, he just had some minor things, mm-hmm. you know, that, that happened. And, of course, we remember he had stopped talking to the cops. Right. Keep in mind that Jason was the last person to see Zeb alive. Right. And he had shared that story about um, the flashing lights and, and him seeing worried and frantic mm-hmm. and all these things. Okay. Here goes the heat. <laughs> it sounds like... It sounds like we're, you know... Oh, I couldn't figure out what the heck it was. I'm like, what is that sound? It's my Like heat. 1920s gangsters. Like... Yep. You know? And it'll make that really long one and then it'll... <sighs> one more. Yep. Wow. There may be a couple more in there, but yeah, that's what that is. So well, if you if you miss the heat the last time, that's it. Y'all are so lucky. You really are. It really is great. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to cut to March of 2015. Okay. Oh, wow. That's yeah, we're kind of moving there. ahead, okay. right? Right. So in and around this time period, Jason had befriended um, a couple, Joseph and Christine Codd. They were newly married and they were expecting a baby. Oh, good yeah, for them. Yeah, she was pregnant. Um, super excited about that. Um, they were pretty close friends, um, and they even invited him to their wedding. Oh, yeah. wow. So Jason came to their wedding, and they encouraged Jason to come out to their property and do work on their property. Okay. So he was doing, you know, different kinds of, like, handyman things and, like, building projects and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and like I said, they were super close with him. They got along really well. Well, they turn up missing. Oh? Yeah. Yeah. The, the couple does? The couple. That's weird. Yeah. So no one can find them. It's really peculiar. And the last person to see them was... Jason. Jason. Oh, this is a bad, bad uh, pattern we've got right. going on here. Here we go again. Yikes. So they get a warrant to search his property. Uh, he yeah. lives out in the Leicester area, which is west mm-hmm. um, of Asheville. And so, and some people pronounce it Lester. You are missing a whole syllable. It is Leicester and fight me. I Right? <laughs> I agree. Well, and the, the running joke in this area is if you grew up there, you called it Lester. Um, or if you just moved here from New York, you call it Lester. And if you're from here, but you didn't live there, you call it Lee Sester. Yeah, I mean, all the old timers, especially, 
around here, I mean, it's always been Leicester. Mm-hmm. Right? It's hilarious. Okay, anyway, that no, just I, fires me up, man. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. I know. I'm like, it's not Lester. That'll be the thing we get, like, comments on. It'll be, like, totally. the way we pronounced Well, Leicester. and I've actually noticed that we've had some folks from, from the Leicester, Lester area mm-hmm. um, listen, yeah. so. Oh, this is for you. Come at us. <laughs> I <me>. dare you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, like I said, he was the last one to see them alive, so they got a search warrant for his property. Okay. Um, they searched from top to bottom, and some of the things that they found um, were concerning. Um, in his wood stove, they oh. found bone fragments. Oh, God. Um, of human nah. remains. Yes. Not good. So, when they DNA tested this, they found that, yes, indeed, these were the bodies of Joseph and Christine Cup. Oh. Yeah. And, of course, they bring Jason in. Uh, Jason in. Uh, one would hope. Uh, absolutely. And they start talking to him. Um, and while they're interviewing him, police continue to search his house and his property. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up finding some shreds of leather and fabric under a soil and like concrete area on his property. Um, and they find additional bone fragments. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so Jason says, well, okay, here's what happened. Yes. Cause they're like, you know, son, we can tie you to this. Like this yes, was, this is not going to end well. Exactly. For you. Exactly. And he says, well, here's what happened. I was heavily impaired, um, due to some medication that I had been taking and I got behind the wheel of my truck and I accidentally ran them both over with my truck. That's impressive. Right? I mean, like, to get two two for one there. Two for one. And uh, so if you're impaired, you wouldn't have that, like, perfect line of vision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you would just kind of be, you know, weaving. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't have, like, a straight shot at somebody who could potentially have the time to jump out of the way unless yeah. you were purposely trying to run them down. Right. Just saying. Um, but he says, no, you know, it was just an accident. He said, but after that, he said, I, I got out of the car and I looked and I realized that they were both dead and I freaked out. Mm. You know, here's the perfect opportunity that he would have called the cops and said, you know, oh my gosh, this was an accident and just cop to it. But no, he says that he panicked and decided the best thing to do was to hide the bodies. As one does. Well, in these crime stories, yes. So well, logically, you know, that's oh, obviously. So, as a personal favorite in our stories, he dismembered them. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, dismemberment. Come on. So he dismembered them and then put them into the wood stove. Gosh, have people not learned yet? It I mean, takes really? so much more heat than that. <sighs> I mean, wood stoves get hot. Yeah, they do. But not that hot. Exactly. Anyway, he cops to it and he pleads guilty. Um, and he pleads guilty to three counts, including mom, dad, and baby. Okay. Um, of second degree murder and two counts of dismembering human remains. Yeah. Yeah. He's found guilty in this of this in April of 2017. So he spent about two years in prison before his trial and then he's found guilty. See, I don't remember any of this. Yeah. From when I was growing up. I mean, 
Really? I don't remember any of this. I happening. remember this very well because Deb was around my age. Yeah. So I remember this I very well. I just feel like I would have heard, you know, within the paper or really? on the news. But I don't know. I don't remember any wow. of that. Wow. Wow. Um, and up. so he was, of course, um, sentenced to, because for, you know, second degree murder, you don't get the death penalty. Right. Um, but he did get a life sentence of between 59 to 74 years. Okay. So, I mean, you know, his time. entire life. Yeah. Exactly. And investigators, you know, got to thinking, okay, so if this couple went suddenly missing and he dismembered and we found their, you know, their bone fragments in his oven, more or less, mm-hmm. um, what if the same fate befell Zeb? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's, a, that's where I'm landing mm-hmm. on this one. So in July of 2017, they indicted him for first-degree murder of Zeb Quinn. Now, they have no body. Right. And from what I understand, and, and this is just what I read, so if I'm wrong, I apologize, but they didn't really find any hard evidence that no. points. Yeah. They didn't find, and I know that they searched uh-huh. his property, you know, with a fine tooth comb, but I don't believe, as far as I know, that they found any evidence that really connected Zeb, at least on that property, mm-hmm. to Jason. Well, and this has been, well, how many years? Exactly. And who's, to, I mean, did he own that property at that point? Yeah. I mean, because, um, excuse me, Jason was a young guy too, and, you know, yeah, couldn't afford I mean, to buy his own property unless right. it was family land. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I don't really know. Maybe they know and have more that right. we don't know about. They usually the, do. They haven't announced. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the trial has not happened yet for this. Huh. And when I read into it, because, I mean, it's been over three years. I mean, we're working on four years when he was indicted. Uh-huh. Um, the reason there hasn't been a trial is apparently between 2017 and 2019, there were shifts in DAs. Um, one passed away suddenly. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of change. Um, and in addition to that, now COVID has happened and they're not trying, you know, these, these murder. Well, trials. and he's not going anywhere. Exactly. Like he's in yeah. prison for, you know, 59 years yeah, or whatever. 59 to 74 years. Right. Like, so he's, I mean, as you know, as much as I would want, you know, the family to get justice for mm-hmm. Zeb, it's, you know, he's not going anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere. So, yeah, so, I get it. Yeah. And, you know, his mother has continued to um, keep hope alive. She always said that, you know, in the back of my head, I just, I keep that hope, even though she feels like he's no longer with us. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you want some theories? Always. Okay, because this case is so... It's a wild one. Yeah, it's I've so I've seen involved. it covered on, like, ID. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a big case. This, this is, is a... a big case. So, um, some detectives feel like there was more than one person involved. Okay. So, some people think that Misty Page Zeb from Ina's house... Um, and that they met up at a hotel that night, and maybe, um, you know, Misty's boyfriend, Wesley, found them together mm-hmm. and ended up murdering Zeb. Because, right. you know, he had threatened him before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, that's one theory. They also think um, a possibility is that the boyfriend made the call, that he broke into Ina's house. Now, if you think about it... I, uh... 
since there wasn't any information about forced entry, mm-hmm. what if while Ina was there, she had put her keys down? Boyfriend grabs the keys, goes to the house really quick, says he's going to run out and get some smokes, get mm-hmm. a soda, whatever. And he goes into the house and makes the page. So that, yeah. you know, is it could be a probability. And then they say um, that maybe he paged him pretending to be Misty mm-hmm. and met up with him somewhere and killed him. Dang it, I like that theory too. That's, I mean, makes sense. Now, here's what's interesting. There was no link that was ever made between Jason Owen, mm-hmm. the guy sitting in prison currently, and Misty and her boyfriend. They didn't know each other. I wonder if, you know... But, I mean, Jason and Zeb were friends, so I don't right. know why would... Does he have any... There's no motive there. Right. I don't and think. And wouldn't Zeb have been like, hey, Jason, you know, I just... I met this girl, and I just, you know... Yeah. Wouldn't... I mean, if he feels free enough to tell his parents, which you know, I don't know about you, but I never told my parents about my, like, <laughs> who I was interested in or seeing or anything. And, right. and then if you were threatened, you know, I don't know... It seems like if he freely talks to his parents, then he would freely talk to his friends. I just don't... I mean, and maybe... Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird. And Now then, I like the other two for it. Yeah, and then Dang some it. people think that, you know, they did know each other, and maybe it was just kind of a, you know, everybody sort of helped. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird that they have no connection. Exactly. And then you've got Misty and Wesley who ended up staying together and had mm-hmm. two more children together. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're still currently together. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, I think it was 2011, they were still together. Jeez. So for, for quite a while. Okay. Now, back to Jason Owen. Let's think about this. What would be his motive? I mean, yeah, what would be his motive? I don't know. What would be his motive in killing uh, the Cods? Now, I didn't mention this, but Christy, Christine Cod, mm-hmm. she was actually famous. She had been, yeah, she had been on the Food Network channel. Oh. She was a contestant on one of those Food Network shows. Beautiful girl. So okay. beautiful. Um, so I don't know if maybe they had some money. Um, you know, yeah. was it robbery? Necess- I mean, they didn't say anything about robbery. Um I don't know. And then with Zeb, did Zeb... Somebody even, I read, had a theory that Zeb had a lot of money on him, thinking maybe, you know, I'll come back the next day and buy this car. You know. It's just weird. It's just... It's It's so weird because no matter how you slice it or dice it, pun not intended. Right. um, It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And we don't have... No one's ever found Zeb. No one's ever found Zeb, his body... His clothing, nothing. And if Zeb had decided that he was just going to leave and just go rogue, right? There were things that he had medicine at home. His mom was saying, like, you know, he didn't bring a change of clothes. Apparently, I think I think I read he was an asthmatic. He didn't mm-hmm. bring his inhaler. Like, all these things, he just completely left. And his mom says he would never do that. Right. Like, he was sweet and trusting. But then, you know, his sweet and trusting nature, then you wonder if somebody took advantage of him. And it could have just been a random thing, too. I mean... Yeah. But thinking about how Jason shows up to the ER with those injuries. That, too. Did they get in a fight? And he, you know, maybe he accidentally killed Zeb. Right. And right. 
what if they got into it and maybe he got pissed off at him hitting bumping his car he's like dude what you doing you know maybe he has an anger issue and they got into it and he accidentally killed him it just doesn't explain i still don't like the page that's what doesn't make sense that's that piece because if it was just that then i would be like oh yeah misty and wesley but you also have Jason involved, but if we didn't have that page, I would have been like full in the Jason I know. arena over and here. And the page could have completely been a fluke, but the whole idea of it, because I mean, you would get phone calls and stuff all the time. Yeah, you, know? I mean, you butt dial somebody. Right, you right. page somebody. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Oh. So you can't butt page people. Oh, didn't okay. work that way with our well, touch tone, with a touch tone <laughs> phone. No, it did not work that way. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it, it just, I don't know, something is not right. No. And odd. it almost seems premeditated. Yeah, I mean, to disappear somebody, that takes a lot of work. It does. It, uh, some thought to say, okay, well, he gets off work at nine, and yeah. let's plan this, let, you know, so... I don't know, and and I'm intrigued, and I'll be listening, and we can do an update episode about this. Yeah, when um, the trial finally happens. I think so, when the trial happens, and, and maybe they present different evidence, because mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to hear what evidence they have. Yeah, I mean, they have to have something if they've indicted him. Yeah, and do keep in mind that all of these theories are alleged. Yeah. No, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Jason's guilty of murdering two people, and, but... And Misty and... Exactly. And Misty and um, Wesley um, were excluded with DNA evidence. So right, right. They so they're definitely not, out of They're it. definitely out, and they're not suspects. So... Okay. This keeps pointing us back to Jason. It does. And I... Yeah. Now that I think about it, I mean, they have ruled them out with everything that they have. I mean, mm-hmm. it just doesn't... Maybe the page was just a... Random. Just it could have been just a fluke. Yeah. Well, maybe Misty did page him. Yeah, and and he was going to like he was like I have to go. Yeah, but and maybe they were. Oh, you know, uh, here's a theory. You know, I just was thinking about this. Maybe Misty did page him to be like, hey, you know what? We can meet up at at my aunt at your aunt's house because she'll be with my mom. Right. So I know that she'll be having dinner. Her house will be free. We could hook up. Yeah. So, I mean, that that could be. And then maybe her boyfriend found out or, or maybe he showed up to her mom's house and she wasn't able to leave or, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just anyway, Weird. these are just all theories. Nothing proven. Um, whew, well, that's uh, the end of my story there. Haley Zepquin is still missing. If you know anything, obviously, um, you would want to give a call to the Asheville Police Department um, so they can investigate that but yeah jeez yeah Yeah. so that's a lot it's a whole lot this was a lot to dig into because there's so many moving parts to the story Mm -hmm. um and it's such a well-covered story too it is and like at least in like local stuff i haven't heard it on many of the big podcasts you know that i've listened to no I haven't heard it. I've, I've heard it on a few. I heard uh, this from a lady who was English, actually. Aww. And she called it Asheville. Asheville. I Asheville. love that. I was like, oh my. Asheville. <laughs> We're not that fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. gosh. Anywho. Well, you know what? Uh, we would love to hear your feedback mm-hmm. um, on this episode. And we would actually like to hear some of your theories. Yeah. Um, Haley, 
how can they submit their theories to us? You guys can submit your theories and also uh, chime in on the Leicester versus Lester debate mm-hmm. um, by sending us an email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia or find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia. And by the way, it's Leicester. Bring it. Lee. Leicester. Look at how it's spelled. You're missing a whole freaking syllable. Exactly. Leicester. Bring it. Prove us wrong. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I want to give a quick shout out before we end this episode. Um, I want to give a shout out to Huntersville, North Carolina, which is right. um, It's like a suburb of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And if I were a betting woman, I would think that this could be... um, Patricia, my former colleague. Oh. Um, so if it's you, Patricia, um, thank you. And if it's not, thank you, someone in Huntersville. <laughs> yeah. So, and we have a lot around that Charlotte area. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to give a shout out and say yeah. thank you. Now, I know that y'all are struggling hard with the COVID down there. So for sure. For Wear sure. your masks so, and get your vaccines and yeah. do what you got to do. Stay safe, you guys. There's your PSA. Yep. COVID PSA for the week. I love it. <laughs> Haley, what are we going to learn about next week? So next week, we are going to talk about um, a pretty famous case. Um, and it, I did not realize, but it kind of originates in Appalachia. Um, and then branches off a little bit, so some of the more major crimes happened away from here, but it got its start in Appalachia, so um, this has got a, a pretty high body count. Oh my gosh. To you, it. You have been, <laughs> that, that last story about the serial killers yeah. you covered two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, this I is a pretty really... famous serial killer, too. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm intrigued. I won't give okay. too much away. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thank you guys. And we will see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.